Hey everyone, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. I am so glad that you could be with me today. I thank God for each and every one of you. And I believe that this word will bless us and bring about the change that God is calling us, his children too. So last week we were talking about the Reset Church and Fellowship. And our subtext was the church, the meeting place. Well, today we are on part two of the reset and we are titling this one fellowship and the importance of community. So I hope you got that fellowship and the importance of community. That is what we're going to be talking about today. So if you're ready, let us bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you for being God. We thank you, Lord God, that we are in your hands. We thank you, God, that you comfort us, you keep us, you love us, you protect us, you guide us, and you care for us. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, that we would be restored in relationship with you, Lord God. And so, Lord, we thank you for making the sacrifice for us. And so that on today, Lord God, we have the opportunity to share your word so that your word shall go forth and do what it is set out to do, that your word shall never return unto you void. So at this moment, Lord God, I ask that you decrease me and increase you that you get the glory. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. I ask that you touch every mind, every set of ears, and every heart, that we are open, ready, willing, and receptive to what it is that you have to say to us on today. And help us, Lord God, that as we are hearing your word, that we're not just hearing it, but we're ready to apply it and that we do it as you say to. All these things in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So now we discussed last week that when something is reset, it is set again, adjusted, or fixed in a new or different way. Well, y'all, I believe God wants to set again and adjust fellowship, the importance of community. So what is fellowship? It's association, it's partnership, it's companionship, it's society. It's coming into agreement. So what is community? Community is society, agreement. You see where I'm going with this? And I want us to understand that fellowship is not just left to the four walls. But as we talked about last week, it is a part of God's plan that we meet together in the four walls and beyond in the meeting place. So fellowship is community and community is communion. Communion is coming together. It's it's. It's gathering, it's doing something with someone else. It's union, right? And we are created for communion with God, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and also one another. 
And so now I, I, I want to begin talking about the most important fellowship that we will ever have. And I know you can guess what I'm talking about, but I'm going to just put it out there. And I want us to put this into full practice daily. And that is making time to fellowship with the Lord. I know you already doing it. I got you. I know you on top of it. I know. I know. But for those who may not be, maybe we can set like a coffee date. Maybe, maybe we can have a lunch date with Jesus. I don't know. Early morning conversation. But something, set a timer on our phones, set, set a reminder in our phones, in our Google calendars, set a, set a, a date in our phones where we're saying that we're going to meet with God. Like time where we set up before we even put our feet on the, on the ground, stepping out of our beds, where we make time to be with God, where we say, hey, God, I thank you. God, I love you. I adore you and then we grab a scripture we say okay God what is it that you want me to read today what is it that you have to say to me today and we sit and we listen and then we pray we have our conversation with him we study the word and then we can kind of get our day going but if 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 somehow some way that escapes us. Let us grab a scripture and think on it during the day and, and discuss it with him during that time. Because trust me, it sets the tone for the day when we meet with the Lord first. And he tells us, seek him first above all else. Like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things will be added unto you. Like, And of course, it's all these things that are according to his will. But we have to seek him first. Because he knows what we're up against out in the world. And he wants us to be protected. It's like going into battle. The soldier is required to put on his armor or her armor, their gear, before going out into battle. And we need to be armed and ready. They have to be armed armed and ready we sit with the lover of our souls and we get filled up like when we go to the gas station for our car or we get poured into like when we go to the diner and get our refill of our favorite drink our time with him is our time to gain wisdom understanding and clarity and see the more time we spend with him the more time we get to know him, right? Like the more time we spend with someone that we're interested in is the more time that we, that we get to know them. The more time that we become like them. Whoa. And the more time that we study his word, the more we get to see his heart and his character. And then, oh, we know his voice. So I know a lot of times people are like, well, how do you know it's God? How do you know? How do you hear his voice? I study his word. And when I study his word, I see his heart. I'm going to be honest with you. When I read the word, it reads me. He's telling me about me. He's telling you about you. He's telling us about us. But he's telling us about him. 
We're seeing his heart and his character. So then we're hearing his voice and trust and believe that the Lord our God desires for us to know him. God wants us to know him as the good, good father that he is. And so daily consistent fellowship with him will help us to see him from his perspective. We make appointments for everything else and we keep those appointments. And I pray, I pray we will be intentional and as intentional and diligent and consistent with that appointment that we make with the one who made us and loves us so dearly. It brings him joy to meet with us because our love isn't love until it's expressed. And we get to express that love when we give him our thanks, when we give him our praise, when we talk to him, when we tell him how we feel. He's okay with that. He can handle it when we get into fellowship with him because keeping our mouths full of complaints instead of praise and worship It keeps us out of fellowship with Jesus. And trust and believe, like I said, he wants to hear from us. Okay, so if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts of Apostles. Second chapter. And I'm going to go to the 46th verse. I'm going to read it for you, but I'm hoping that if you are... Uh, where you can actually open your Bibles. You're going to read along with me. And it reads as such. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. Okay, breakers. I'm about to break this down because hello, it's the breakdown. So let's do this. I'm, I'm probably going to do this a little line by line, but I, whoo, I'm going to highlight the parts that just jumped out at me. Okay, so it says they worshipped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper, which is holy what? Communion. Okay, communion, community. Come on, y'all. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So I don't want us to miss this. Okay. Because this, this, this is too good. This is just way too good. They worshipped together. Together, we talked about last week, the meeting place. Together, fellowship is together. Coming into agreement. We are in a society. 
community, commune together. They worship the Lord together at the temple each day. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. They did this daily. (laughs) Y'all, every day, we struggle to get in on Wednesday and Sunday. But every day they met together. And then, not only did they just meet together, because 44 says that they met together. Okay, verse 44 says they met together. Then when we jump down to 46, it says that they worshiped together at the temple. So they worshiped together in the temple, house of prayer, church. The church is meeting inside of the church building, the temple, the house of prayer together every day. It just seems like everything else we have to do is way more important than our fellowship time with the Lord and other believers. Now, no judgments. I'm just noticing. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying we. Y'all know I got to be real with it. And then look, it says that they had the Lord's Supper in homes and ate meals that they shared together with joy and generosity, all while praising God. There are parts that caught my heart, the generosity, specifically verse 45. Verse 45 says, they sold, y'all ready for this? They sold their property and shared the money with those in need. Now, I felt a little convicted. And if you did too, leave a comment, please. But let me explain why I felt a little convicted. Because this was the part that I believe a lot of us have an issue with. Now. I don't I love to share. I'm 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 good with giving. I'm good with giving to those in need. I'm all right with that. I like that part. Okay. But you ready for this part? It was the selling all they had part that I was like, oh wait, uh well um uh what what? Oh, so y'all gonna act like it was just me. Okay, no, because I know it's not just me. Because look, the rich man had an issue with it too. And Jesus told him it would be easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than to get into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and because of that desire to hold on to things. See, these people, they did not have a problem with letting go of property. They didn't have a problem with letting go of their things to share with the people around them. Why? Because they had a generous spirit and heart. And I believe that I have a generous spirit. But I said, Lord, would I? 
and now I have to ask, would, would we sell all of our property? It, it's not to, it's not, like I said, it's not the giving to those in need. That's the thing. It's to sell all your things. But they knew the importance of community. And here's the, here's the extra kicker. They did it with joy. And God loves a cheerful giver. You want more proof? Let's look at the woman with the two mites. She gave all she had. And Jesus was more pleased with her giving than the people who gave out of the surplus of what they had. They gave a tiny bit of their surplus, right? They only gave a little, but she gave all. That was sacrifice. But it was her heart. It was her heart posture. It was the fact that she was fine. She didn't give it out of obligation. She didn't grumble about it. She just gave it up because she was like, I'd rather give this to him. She knew who she was giving to. She gave it all up for Christ. And we have to give it all up to follow Christ. But somewhere along the line, we lost that level of generosity in our community. We've lost that desire to truly connect with Jesus and one another, especially now. And I'm praying for us. The Bible says that we are to pray in the spirit at all times. And and it says that we are to pray for one another, pray for other believers. And I'm praying for us to to have that generosity, to want to worship together the way they did in Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, the 44th to the 47th verse. We're trying to fellowship, but we're leaving it and relegating it to a degree to this social media, our social media platforms. We're on social media, which makes us actually antisocial. And I believe it's tearing up communication. What's communication? Where does it derive from? Communion. And we're missing that. And I believe that it makes some people live to impress and others live in depression, anxiety, jealousy, and envy. And none of those are healthy for our souls. And the Bible speaks against each of those. And now I'm not saying that social media is all bad. But what I am saying is that it can be bad for us when it's taken the place of our fellowship with the Lord and each other. It is to be used with caution and within limits. I truly can't wait. And I want us to meet together like they did in this passage because look at the rewards of their meeting it says Jesus added to their fellowship when we fellowship praise and worship God together in his name he shows up and things begin to happen like love joy peace healing just to name a few their lives were added to he trusted them with more souls to help he trusted them 
He added more people. As people were being saved, he brought in more people to grow with them. And he'll do the same with us. He'll add more people to grow with us so that we could worship together. But here's the thing. The enemy hates the sound of worship. And let's not forget that we are in spiritual warfare and our enemy is very real. So we must stay alert and be very, very vigilant. Again, like soldiers in an army. We are on the battlefield. And although the victory has already been won and the battle is not ours, it is the Lord's. We still have a part to play. And our fellowship with the Lord and other believers keeps us covered like those soldiers on the battlefield. They have their comrades to cover them. They see what the other one can't. They watch each other's backs. That's what we do. The enemy wants to eliminate the very things that eliminate him. Worship, fellowship, prayer. He wants to kill us as believers. And so the reason He wants to do that is because he knows the power of it. He knows that two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. One by themselves falls to to destruction. That's in Ecclesiastes 4 uh, verse 9 through 12. That's why it is also so very important to fellowship and be a part of a good community. We are meant for community. When God created Adam, he saw that it it wasn't good that he be alone. So he created Eve. And then he said, all right, now be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then when Noah came, be fruitful and multiply. You see, God never intended for us to go it alone. Isolated is us relying on our own self. The one that's alone falls to his destruction. The one that's alone will be cold. So we want to make sure that we are not alone. But hey, we also want to make sure that we're in good community. It's important to be in fellowship. But I don't want you to miss what I said. It's also important to be a part of a good community. Now we know that no person is good But there's a such thing as a good community. Jesus even said, why do you call me good? I'm not good. The only one good is the father. Good, good father. So we have to make sure that we are in a good, healthy, thriving, and like-minded, spirit-filled community. Because our community, our fellowship is essential to our growth. It's In our daily living, it's essential to our direction. Fellowship helps us be accountable. It helps us to see things from God's perspective. 
but also from another perspective. Fellowship builds us up, it supports, it fills us up, it shares with us, it cares for us, comforts us, assures, cheers us on, loves, guides. It's family. We're family. And the family of believers. We get that when we're in fellowship, we get all of those things. Because we have people who are willing to do those things for and with us. We see how each other overcomes trials and we see each other's hearts for God in the midst of those trials. When we continue to give him praise, we see that we're not the only one going through things and we don't have to endure all of our trials alone. We learn from each other. And do remember, Jesus had community. He had a crew. He started out with the 12. And he still had the 12. But keep in mind, he only rolled with three. Closely. He trusted them. But they grew because of him. And they grew to be more like him. He groomed them. He loved on them. He poured love into them. He spoke life over and into them. They were his friends. We are his friends. And because they were friends with Jesus, they went on and did great things. And guess what? In that Bible, he promised us that we would do greater works. What? He said, greater works will you do. So we are going to do greater works also. So now I beg to ask this question. Who are you with? And we've talked about this before. And this is important, again, to community. And now not to create division, but it's important to be with people who are on the same page as we are. As you are. And what I mean is we can't be with people who desire to do the wrong things. Yes, we are all sinners, but we must desire to do the right thing and be the salt and the light of the earth. We can't roll with people who are dark and want to stay that way. If they want to stay dark, uh, I can't help you. Jesus was able to change the crew that he had. And when we were younger, remember, folks used to establish who we were, so to speak, by the people that we roll with. Birds of a feather flock together. Right? So we, we are established by the company that we kept. And although that's not our identity, it still applies to character. Association is a thing. That's why God says bad company corrupts good character and would you agree that in being in a good community produces good fruit we grow where we're planted and what we grow into depends on our seed and who's watering it so are we in fellowship with people of good character have we connected to people who are doing what God has called us into 
or what God has not called us into. Are you going one way and they're trying to drag you another? It's so important. Are we fellowshipping with people who truly have Christ in their hearts and his mission on their minds? Because again, it's vital to direction. We become like who we are around the most. And if you don't believe me, look at Jesus's friend. Again, I just have to stress that. But then pay attention. We're like a lot of us are like our parents. And if you pay attention to the friends that we, the company that we keep, you'll notice that you might do certain things that your friends do. And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So light can't hang with the dark. And and I'm just going to just touch on something. If I may be a little transparent with you all. Um, I think of myself as a people person, right? And I like to think that um, I do what I'm called to do. And when God says do something, I move and I do it. But I'm going to be honest, in the past couple of weeks, past months, I've been like, walking and struggling with fear and I'm like what is happening where did this come from what is going on afraid to move into the next level afraid of what people might say afraid of what people might think and I'm gonna be honest there were times when I was like I don't need to go to church I don't need to tithe got my bible I can study by myself I can have worship all by myself And this was like maybe a a couple of years ago when that happened, where I was like, I don't need to go to church. I'm cool. And it's because I was struggling trying to find a church. Um, But when I would go to church, I have all these women eyeballing me, looking me up and down and just wasn't very comfortable going into some of the churches. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't need this, you know. But what I didn't do was I didn't pray before I went into the churches. I didn't pray and say, okay, God, where's my home? Where do I go? But I was also walking in a, a certain fear. I had this little, you know, this this blockage, this, this holdup. And as this past couple of months has happened, I've been still kind of in this grieving space. And the enemy knows when your next level is approaching. He knows when you're right on the precipice of it. He knows when you're right there on the edge because attack after attack after attack happens. And sometimes it's the inner me that's doing a lot of the attacking. And in that space, it was inner me stuff. And I want to speak to the inner you today about this fellowship. We need the fellowship and the inner me doesn't cry out, doesn't call a lot of times in this space. I wasn't crying out to my tribe. I wasn't crying out to my, to my people, to my community. I was keeping it in. And that's not the way to go. And in, in the, in the middle of me trying to wake up from a dream, I heard the Holy Spirit say something to me and it dropped in my spirit and and it was another acronym for fear. And I want to share it with you. Um, And I just want to ask this question before I even share that. 
I want to ask this question. So what's the holdup? Sometimes we have a fear as believers of saying something to people, doing certain things that God has called us to do. And it's holding us back. It's holding us in a box. And God wants us to come out of that box. So here, fear, fret, eating at reality. And I was like, what? And then he gave me falsehoods, eating away reality. Honestly, fret is worry. It's another form of fear, but it's worry. It, 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 and that is exactly what was happening. I was worrying so much about something that didn't even happen, wasn't happening, but it, it, it took away what was actually happening. It took me out of being present. I was no longer in the moment. I was so far into the future that I was missing what was happening right in the now. And I want us to come out of the holdup, the holding space, come out of the fret because it's eating away at our reality and it's eating away at us. That inner me is the, is the second biggest enemy. I hope you wrote those down because I want those to be something that you look at so that when fear tries to hit you again, you know exactly what it is. And then you can say, no, 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 no. We're not doing this today. I want us to to really just move out of the comfort zone. Because fellowship is coming out of your comfort zone. And for the most part, most of us fellowship just really isn't fellowship right because most of us we try to do it on social media zoom we on zoom your your camera's off you don't speak to people in the chat we don't speak to people outside of the zooms we don't speak to people like well how are we actually fellowshipping holla is this is my mic on y'all i i think it's on i think i can hear myself (laughs) We attend church services, Bible study, but we don't know anyone's names. We sit next to folks and barely speak. And maybe we've said to ourselves, I don't need to know these people. I just came here for the word. But how can we learn from a person we don't talk to? Or if we talk to them, we just say hi and bye. That's not true fellowship. You never know who the Lord might want to use that may have the solution to your situation. If we're hiding away from everyone and expecting miracles to be knocking on our door, that's not how that works. He wants our participation. And again, communication derives from communion. That's why it's always best to talk face to face. And if we, the believers, are afraid to reach out and speak to people, how will we make disciples and bring the lost to be found? How can we live in fear of what people are thinking 
or fear of what people are going to say or how they're going to react. God tells us we are not given the spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power, and sound mind. We don't move when we're stuck in what ifs. Let me tell you what he told me about what ifs. What ifs is who has attached this insidious fear system? Who attached this to me? Who attached it to you? Where did it come from? And it's not, and and if you look up the word insidious, you're going to be like, what? It's gradual. Like, so it's not like, boom. It's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like a crescendo. But it's all the while, it's terrifying. It's terrible. And it's a fear system. So it's not just one thing. It's a myriad of things. But where did it come from? And then the flip side of that is. That, that's, that's one part of the fear. But the other part of the fear is. Boy oh boy if they nice to us. You know the people that we sit next to in the rows when we go to church. Or the people that we see in the supermarket. Or the people that we see as we walking along the road. Child, don't let them folks be nice to us because we think either they fake or they want something. Our trust is so low and it shows. We forgot that we're all made in his image and everyone isn't out to hurt us. Everybody is not out to get us. And please believe when we put up walls, people may not be able to get in, but we can't get out either. And we are now in our own gated community called prison, solitary confinement. And it's hurting us and keeping us from the love, grace and freedom that we have inherited through Christ Jesus. It's there for us. It's right there waiting for us to go and grab it. But we're missing out on the beauty of community because we're allowing falsehoods to eat away at our reality. And again, I want to stress that we have a responsibility to be the salt and the light in our communities. And yes, that starts at home. So we have to see where there's a need in our community and ask God to help us supply that need. But that does start at home. We got to see where the need is at home and then venture out. Don't just stop at home and say, well, I only got to take care of my folks. Wait, no, we got to go out. Fellowship with our neighbors. Show interest in the things that interest them. Love thy neighbor. That's biblical truth. That's not Dean Malone opinion. We can build our communities one person at a time. We keep waiting on God to do things and he's waiting on us to affect the change through us. We're waiting on politicians, but we have work to do in our own backyards. Extending our ministry beyond the four walls and bringing them to the four walls as well. 
How many of us remember when we used to have block parties to bring the community together? And back then we knew everybody on our street. And if we didn't know somebody on the street, we were like, um, excuse me, who are you? Hi. <laughs> we didn't kick them out. We welcomed them in. But we asked questions. Back then, we, we cared. We got to get back into caring for one another. And I remember when the church used to hold outside events. Because they know the importance of fellowship and community. And as the church, as the body of Christ, God is resetting our hearts and our minds to do this again. As we have witnessed during this reset, we've been taken away from our usual of fellowshipping with each other in the physical for at least a year. But I think he's calling us to elevate it. Do it as in Acts of Apostles 2, 44 to 47. Take it to the next level. Yeah, we had to be six feet apart. And yes, we had to watch our services on the screen. But I believe it was to get us to see how important it truly is. We need to renew and increase our desire and our love for fellowship with other believers and with God. To change our minds and our hearts back to him where the enemy may have whispered to us and after someone has heard us that we don't need anyone nor do we need to, to go to church. That's a lie and God wants to show us just how much of a liar the enemy is. The time is up on that lie. And if church and fellowship wasn't important then God would not have created it. So going forward from today on, let's accept and move into this reset with a new willingness to do our parts. Whatever that looks like for us individually to participate as the body of Christ, different parts but all needed, let's meet with Jesus and ask him where our lives fit into his plans what are our specific roles in the community? How does he desire us to reach out to those who are lost? What relationships do we need to restore? Oh, I know that's a thing, right? And then we must move immediately on what we hear from him and do it in full, not partially. Do it in full. And so before I let you go, I want to share something else with you that the Holy Spirit dropped on my mind and on my heart. And if I may, can I take you through the parts of fellowship? Then I want to, I want to share with you who the participants are and, and just where the places are. So do you mind if I break this down? Okay, so here goes. The parts of fellowship are the prayer. Now, we know what prayer is, right? Conversation with God. It's the thanksgiving, the supplication, the request. It's our heart-to-heart, -heart, our honest talk. It's our weapon. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times. All times. All times. That means when things don't look so good, that means when things look great, pray at all 
times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Pray at all times on all occasions. And then stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So not only do we pray for ourselves, but we pray for everyone and all believers everywhere. And then praise and worship. That's where we get to show our gratefulness. That's our reverence to the Lord. That's our time to sing and shout unto the Lord and we worship together and he loves it. That's our time to glorify God. That's when we give God back his glory. Then the message. That's where we get the lesson. We hear the word from God. We get the word of God. That's our instruction. It's the word from the Bible, the sword of the spirit. And then tithing up. Here comes the generosity once again. The generosity towards our Lord. It's our giving. It's when we give him the the first of our fruits. Give him our 10% and and then our offering. We give him a little extra. He says, give and it shall shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and pouring over. So if we give, if we give generously, if we give cheerfully, God loves that. And then he sees it and he honors that. So this is our opportunity in this part of our service, of our fellowship with one another. This is where we give. This is where we give. Now let's move into our benediction when we close out, when we end. So we pray again, but we pray to seal off what we've just done together. Now, the places. Now we know the places, but I'm going to share some places that I think maybe we might not know that we can fellowship in. Okay. The house of prayer, the temple of God. Okay. The church building. The edifice, the the place that human hands made, right? We're going to go into the church and we're going to worship God and we're going to fellowship there. But we got home, our homes, wherever home is for you. The parking lot, parking lot of McDonald's, the parking lot of uh, your your church, the doc, the doctor's parking lot. I don't, just a parking lot. Just be out there and have your have a have a little meeting together. In your car, you know, the cafe. You know, have a little meeting. We can have a little Bible study in a little corner. We might even have a little book club meeting. But that's fellowship in the name of Jesus. Uh, the tent, tent of meeting is where they they used to have their their services so we can meet in a tent we can put up a tent like we used to have the tent in revival we can we can absolutely go right back on to that in your backyard in your backyard if you got a backyard and it's full and you want to sit out especially in the summer months the spring months let's go let's have some church in the backyard if you're tired of being on the inside of your house go to the outside of your house amen And now let's look at the participants. 
that would be God. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Believers and the lost. So I want to leave us with this thought. The fellowship that we do here together is dress rehearsal for the worship that we will do in heaven. And trust and believe that God is pleased where two or three are gathered in his name. There he will be also. So trust and believe he wants us to be in community, in fellowship with him and with other believers. So I pray that this has blessed you. I love you with the love of God. I'm excited for our coming together. So let us bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of fellowship. We thank you, God, for community. We thank you for creating us. We thank you, God, that we are not alone. We thank you, God, that you have have allowed us to be fruitful and multiply. We thank you for community. We thank you that we get to fellowship with you, your son and Holy Spirit, but also other believers. We thank you, Lord God, that you have loved us so much, that you wanted us to be with you once again. And so, Father, as we go forth throughout the rest of our days, But even closer, the rest of this week, help us to be in fellowship. Help us to ask the questions that we need to ask you, Lord God, so that we could be in direct and appropriate alignment with your word and your will. Lead us, guide us, Jehovah. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you. Help us to be the doer of your word, Lord God. And so, Lord God, I ask that you bless, comfort, keep, guide, protect every single person that is listening to this podcast. Do that thing in their lives that only you could do. Help this podcast, Lord God, to reach the ones that I thought were unreachable. Help me, Lord God, to spread your word as vast as your sea is wide. All these things in your name, Jesus, we pray. We honor you. Amen. Amen. I love you. Be blessed. But more importantly, be a blessing. I will see you soon.